Welcome to this rebroadcast of Hope in the Night. We hope that this program brings you biblical hope and practical help. Now, here's Hope in the Night with June Hunt. Welcome to Hope in the Night, late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker June Hunt. By the way, if you'd like to get in touch with the program, please give us a call at 800 917 That's 800 night seven. Just spell that all out. And when you call, just leave a message for us so we can contact you and talk to you about being on an upcoming Hope in the Night. We welcome your call. Again, it's 800 917 800-644-4817. Well, Gene, you've been uh, taking us through some of the material on uh, one of our keys for living called Death and Heaven. It's been very helpful, um, informative. And uh, so there's an introduction there that you had written. What's uh, What did you include there in the keys? Well, obviously, because there are several people who have just died, and I, uh, I'm very tender about that in my heart, tender toward those who are tender themselves. And um, I, I, I remember when I first heard the phrase terminal illness, basically meaning death in six months or less, the prognosis seemed impossible because this was referring to my mother. And I thought, no, no, not mother. And that single word, inoperable, uh, surely not. And I'd been present for all her surgeries. And I loved, I just loved caring for her. Uh, just, I learned volumes. But this time, success was not meant to be. Um, I knew life without her would create a huge hole in my heart. Uh, but also in the hearts of many others. Often strangers would stop and ask, Do you know what your mother did for me? And my response was always the same. No, I had no idea. She never shared that with me. And candidly, I knew people who were not close to their own mothers, yet they were drawn to my mother for multiple reasons. Her compassionate care for the hurting, her anonymous gifts to the needy, her volunteer work at the hospital, her endearing cards of kindness, little books of inspiration, she opened her home to ministries, uh, her Christ-like heart of forgiveness, just looking beyond the fault and seeing the need, especially of those who had hurt her the most. Well, early mistakes in her life had caused continual shame. But after she fully yielded her life to the Lord, there was a genuine change her life resembled a little rosebud that blossomed into beauty. Then one fall day, this fragrant flower died. And in, that, in retrospect, my most painful time as her eldest daughter was prior to her death, uh, grieving my impending loss of her life. Yet to my surprise, after she went home to be with the Lord, I felt complete sense of peace. Not that I didn't miss her immensely. I did and still do. But why the abiding peace? Where did it come from? My answer is absolutely secure. The moment my mother breathed her last breath, based on the Bible, she was absent from the body, present with the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5.8 and today, I know 
she is face to face with Christ her Savior. On her tombstone, I had put these words, kneeling at the feet of Jesus with the praying hands. And you think, well, what about those of us still here on earth grieving the loss of our loved ones, even though we know they have a new home in heaven? Well, the Word of God has given us wisdom on this. Although I knew this truth in my head, it wasn't in my heart until my mom died. And the other day, when I was at this funeral, a particular funeral, uh, the granddaughter of the woman who died said, what about heaven is most special to you? I've never been asked that question. I said, in fact, it took me back. I said, it's that I, when I go to heaven, I will see my mom face to face and I'll hug her. And I, I, I got tears in my eyes because I, I just hadn't expected someone to ask me that question. But I'm as sure of that as I am of living. I grieved, but I didn't grieve, the Bible says, we do not grieve like people who have no hope. And, of course, I grieved our temporary separation. But I also knew it was not permanent. And while some people have no hope of eternal life in heaven, I have a guaranteed hope based on God's promise for all true believers. For those who have given Christ control of their lives, this is why we can experience what the Bible calls the peace of God that passes all understanding. Death is not a popular subject for casual conversation, yet, you know, are we prepared to face the finality of our mortality? Uh, we can't afford to ignore the consequences of this eternal reality. In fact, our subtitle for this topic, Death in Heaven, is the doorway to your destiny. Um, the, the Bible says there's a time for everything, a time to be born and a time to die. And in light of this inescapable truth, we must know where to place our hope. It is in a life-changing relationship with Christ. No matter what you're facing, there's hope. Sometimes it's hard to believe that. When we face challenges at home, work, in our family, or maybe a private struggle, it can be hard to see what God is doing. The good news is, you're not alone. If you're facing a difficult life issue, we'd love to help. Give us a call at 1-800-NIGHT-17 to talk with June Hunt on the Hope in the Night broadcast. You can talk with June about any issue, whether it's family, marriage, anxiety, anger, abuse, grief, or just the everyday stress of life. June would love to hear your story and work through it together with God's Word. The Bible says there is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. If you'd like to talk with June, give us a call at 1-800-NIGHT-17. That's 1-800-644-4817. Your story might bless someone else's life. The sound you're hearing is your generosity at work. 
That's our folding machine preparing hundreds of our short biblical resources to send to prisoners around the country. Hi, I'm Curtis Hale, president of Hope for the Heart. I want to say thank you for your prayers and financial support of our ministry. Thanks to your generosity, we've been able to send thousands of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to prisoners in Texas and to Rikers Island in New York City. These practical resources are pointing inmates to the hope of God's Word on issues like anger, abuse, depression, loneliness, salvation, and more. They are truly changing lives, and this is all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more life-changing biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online today at hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. We're a ministry of Hope for the Heart, offering God's truth for today's problems. We exist because of your ongoing prayers and your continued support of this ministry. It means so much to us. We thank you for that. To get in touch with the program, we invite you to give us a call at 800-917, and we would love to hear from you, and we can help you with something that's going on in your life. Just talk with June about that. We'll set up that time, uh, kind of an appointment that we'll make for you. Uh, as you give us a call there, it's again 800-917. We'd love to set up that time on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night for that conversation, and uh, we would love to hear from you. If you have questions about any of the topics that we raise here on the program, you can call our customer support team. We have over 100 keys for living, sure to address any topic that you might be thinking about, uh, that you might be dealing with in your life. Customer support is available anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'd be happy to help you get the right resources. We want to recommend to you the keys for living called Terminal Illness, How Can I Ever Let Go? Also, Death and Heaven, The Doorway to Your Destiny. Those many other topics and uh, resources are available as you call customer support. Again, it's 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673. Well, we want to turn to our caller for tonight, and we welcome listening in Kentucky. We welcome Luke. Well, hello, Luke. Welcome to Hope. Hello. Uh, thank you for having me. You're welcome. How can we help you? Well, I've had some problems. Seems like I've been in a storm, and uh, it seems to be kind of coming to an end, but uh, this has to do with my children. Um, they're all grown now, but uh, and my failed marriages that I had. Mm. Uh, my kids, when I had one child from the first marriage, uh, their mother, I came home one day, I'm a, I'm a veteran, ex-Navy. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, we used to sell a lot. But I never left the ship when we pulled in the ports anyway, except to go to one hour fast food restaurants in the foreign land. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I got back home once, and uh, the first wife had been telling me she was going to leave. Uh, she was always real violent, throwing things at me, mm. maybe dishes and stuff. And uh, uh, I was kind of, well, I was disobedient. I was told not to marry the individual anyway, even by the minister that married mm. us at that particular day. And I just wanted to have a family 
Uh, plus, I was having problems on, you know, while I was on station on the ship. But anyway, this individual woman, after I married her, uh, she was real violent towards me also. And uh, I, you know, she, it was, I forgot how it happened. But anyway, she told me she, every now and then, when she went back to where she was from, and, you know, uh, she would go and see this individual lady. And the lady, I guess, was some type of a, a spirit of divinity. I think that's what they call it. That's what uh, Peter and them calls this person. And I think it's in the book of Acts, following, following them around. And uh, this lady told her she had these powers. And uh, anyway, it was real wicked. So she would started doing things to me. And... Um, First time I woke up in the middle of the night, uh, about two or three in the morning, and she was over me with a long pair of scissors, shears, um, that looked like the kind like you doing cutting cloth with. Mm-hmm. She was cutting my hair out. And I came through and asked her what the world she doing, but she just laughed about it. She was and cutting the hair on your head. Is, is that what you're saying? Yes, ma'am. She was cutting the hair out. The next thing was, uh, she would never pray with me. She never went to church with me. But she was always, you know, using profanity towards me. She was real wicked. And I, I sensed that in her spirit. But by the time it was too late, I had married her and I had a child there. And, uh, and the next time, she, uh, I always been an athlete. Um, came home to church one Sunday. And um, I was in the bedroom as I was tying my gym shoes up. I went to up to get off the bed, and she, um, I saw a bottle of my protein pills, amino acids in her purse. And I had been asking her, had she seen them for about three months? I paid about $45 for them. Mm. Long story short, I, found, I saw the bottle in her purse. Mm-hmm. She had been carrying around all the time, but... Lo and behold, when I pulled the bottle out of her purse, she was in the living room, and um, I was in the bedroom. I pulled the bottle out of her purse, and I hit the trunk down on it. It wasn't like it was childproof, but she had sealed it up real tight. And um, during this time, uh, she was saying that she didn't want any more kids. But anyway, when I opened the bottle up, it had about 16 used prophylactic condoms with my my body fluids inside tied up in a knot and I had thrown them in the trash hmm. and she was carrying she was carrying my stuff around in this in this condoms in her purse in this bottle for I don't know I guess about three months or so and uh, I yelled and asked her what in the world she doing but at that time I knew she was doing something that you know don't real wicked uh, come out of this world in darkness, and uh, she just kind of laughed about it, but I called my mother, and my mother told me, at the time she was living, she told me she felt sorry for me, but she knew that I was supposed to marry this individual, and she was performing some type of witchcraft on me. Mm. Like during the scene, and uh, and uh, it was the case, I think it was a few things that went down, it was the case of once uh, came home from work, I was on shore duty at the time, and there was foul odor in our apartment, and she was in there cooking. And I bought, I bought the groceries. I did the cleaning. I did the 
and laundry. I did everything. And um, it was she was out of place for her to be cooking anyway. Well, she had her monthly in there or some pieces in there. Mm-hmm. It was one of the, because this was fresh meat. I know I bought it at shop. I bought bought to me. And uh, so she was performing some other type of wicked type of thing. And then it was to turn, you know, the main thing that got to the point where I was real, real angry, upset. It wasn't like it was driving me crazy. She was pretty much doing that to me. And um, there were times when I go, once we got, I got out of the military, um, I worked at least a amount of time, 84 hours a week. And there were times when I wasn't traveling and I was home. And I had to be to work clock in at 5 o'clock. And there were times when I'd wake up and she would be over top of me saying, I know you're not asleep. You're thinking about the horse that you sleep with. And you're pretending that you're not asleep, but I know you're, you're thinking about them. And she would just go on and on. And I would get up and try to go outside and get in, go to my car to get some sleep because I worked real hard. And uh, I got to the point where I couldn't take it anymore, so I filed for divorce. And this, my lawyer, this female lawyer, she thought that I was doing this because I was, had some other females on the side. And it wasn't that at all. I didn't do anything like that. And this woman that I, you know, that my wife at that time, when I filed for divorce, um, the judge told me I had to vacate the premises and leave her with the kids. So I did. But Friday when I went back to get my my clothes out, she ended up um, having her finding she was gone. I found some bags with miniature cassettes in there where she had pushing me to get angry and upset. And you hear me yelling. And she was recording this stuff. And so now I've been divorced now for about 16 years or so. And it's just my kids. I got two boys from her and my son. One of my sons, I think she had some kind of seance over him. Because she told me she was going to make him to the point where he was going to dislike me. Once the boys grew up, she was going to cause them to jump on me and beat me. Beat me down. Okay, I need you to stop just for a moment because we've got to take a break. I'm going to come back and repeat some of the things that I believe you said, and we'll talk about it. We would love your prayers here at Hope for the Heart. Over and over in God's Word, the Lord encourages us to lift up one another in prayer. We are reminded in 2 Corinthians 1.11, you help us by your prayers. So we want to encourage you to join the prayer team of June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart. You can join the Hope for the Heart prayer team at hopefortheheart.org pray. When you sign up to join our prayer team, we will send you an email each month to keep you updated with the latest prayer needs of June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart. Our prayer team is a great way to stay connected and support June and support the Hope of the Night broadcast. We are so grateful for your prayers and support of our listeners and friends like you who make this ministry possible. You can join our prayer team at hopefortheheart.org slash pray. That's hopefortheheart.org slash pray. And thank you for partnering with us in prayer. Do you ever struggle to believe that God loves you? 
that He accepts you, forgives you, and sees you as His precious, beloved child? So many people have a distorted picture of God that He is distant, disappointed, or doesn't care about what's going on in our lives. The truth is, God cares about you more than you know. We want to encourage you to check out June Hunt's popular devotional, Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes. In this 31-day devotional, June Hunt provides compassionate, biblical insight to help you understand and embrace the life-changing identity you have in Christ. Each day provides a biblical truth along with a short reflection and journaling questions to help you see yourself through God's eyes. We give this devotional to every caller on Hope in the Night because it has changed so many lives. Get a copy of June Hunt's devotional for yourself or a loved one at junehunt.org. Back to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver. We want to help you, and we want to help you help others. Our customer support team can be reached at 800-488-HOPE. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'd be happy to help guide you to God's hope through our resources. And their number again, 800-488-HOPE. That's 800-488-4673. If you would like to speak with June about a specific situation in your life on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night, Call 800-917, that's 800-N-I-G-H-T-1-7. That'll get you in touch with us where you can leave a message and we'll talk to you uh, as we call back about scheduling you for an upcoming Hope in the Night and just uh, tell us what's going on in your life, how we can help, and we'd love to have that conversation with you on the air here on Hope in the Night. So again, the number 800-917, that's 800-644-4817. Let's get back to tonight's conversation with Luke. Well, Luke, I've been seeking to listen intently to what you've said. And you mentioned that you had two failed marriages. There's a child from the first marriage uh, that you were not with a lot, a very, very little. Uh, and uh, you described how she hates you. Uh, you really didn't get to know her, though, is what I'm hearing. But right. you, you do believe that there were words spoken about uh, about you which makes her um, uh, not know the truth. And right. I'm, I'm hearing that this woman from the first marriage was violent toward you and uh, very uh, dis- distressing. Uh, that then this other woman, um, uh, when she did get married, sorry, did get pregnant, you know, if you wouldn't marry her, then you'll never see the child again. Isn't that what she said? Right. Okay, and you're, you have a love for children. But you know that there were certain... Um, I'm going to say, say rituals or, I mean, there there were some bizarre things like her cutting your hair with shears, but you said she was evil and that she, you were missing these protein pills. Well, then 
three months later, they're in her purse and you see them. But what you described was, uh, and in, in between that, you were using words like wicked, um, and you felt she was performing some kind of witchcraft on you. Um, while you did the cooking and the cleaning and all, then one day here she is and uh, over the stove, um, and um, you basically, how, how, how did you know that it was blood from her menstrual cycle? I, I'd say it's a couple of things, because I have heard stories uh, in the South where I grew up in about females doing things like that to guys. And these guys, uh, particularly, I, I knew a couple, supposedly they were older guys, that that's what happened to them, but they pretty much lost their mind. You just walk around spaced out. And the reason I say this about this this particular one, the second thing that I had found about her, she was carrying these used condoms around. Yes. Didn't throw them. I didn't flush them down the toilet. Some I did and some I threw in the trash. And, and I guess she would go behind me and look for this stuff. But that's where I did And then the stuff, what she put in the... Uh, it was uh, some uh, T-bone steaks, and supposedly she was trying to make some a meal out of that or something. But she put something in there, and I know because I grew, I did the grocery shopping, and mm. that's what I'm saying. And so when I said that, her eyes got real big. She, I looked at it like, I don't know, it wasn't a game to me. It was real serious and real, real extremely stressful. Yes. And uh, she just laughed, opened her eyes real big when I said that, and she kind of laughed at me, and then I kept saying it, and then she just broke down and started laughing real loud. This was after I kept talking about it for about four or five minutes. And I just took it and uh, dumped it out in the trash. And I wasn't going to eat it. She didn't cook. Mm-hmm. And she put something in there. It was one or the other. That's what I do know. And because I, I know her... And uh, whoever this person was that told us she had these powers, she had this type of—I I call it a spirit. She told me that this lady told us she had these powers, but she just needed to practice those things to bring them out. And I believe she chose me. And you know, both of the marriages, there was all about money, how much money it could get. I don't care about the money. And I, it came to a point with my two little boys, I just couldn't deal with it anymore. I couldn't deal with her doing certain things. Uh, gee, uh, some kind of way she would uh, coax my uh, a couple of real close friends. One of them was extremely close. I've been knowing since I was four years old. First met her at a barber shop back in the 60s. And some kind of way she got him to come and get in bed with her. Mm. And I, you know, he, he did this. This person, she's from a different country. I just met her when I was in the Navy after my first wife left and mm-hmm. just on a rebound type thing. And uh, since then, I have not really talked to anybody, to other females that I call myself dating. That didn't end up well because they didn't want to go to church or they didn't want to go to Bible study and stuff. So they pretty much just left me. And, you know, that, that caused more hurt because you think somebody cares and you're going to have a relationship with them. And then all of a sudden, you, they won't answer your phone calls. They won't answer your text messages. They won't 
anything to do with you. And this other individual who I married and I divorced her, I just don't get why she thinks that she can continue to try to call me. She would try to make it seem like it has something to do with our sons, which one of the boys, the one I think she has some kind of seance over, she really controls him. She really does. The youngest one won't have anything to do with her because he said he knows how she is. Now, that's the one that went and took a ministry course. His heart is bent towards God. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I spent time with both of them while they were growing up. And um, I taught them, you know, do Bible studies and stuff. Even going back to simple things like you just got to be a God, you know, because the process of photosynthesis, you know, the, the trees producing oxygen, just simple stuff like that. But she has some kind of bearing on my oldest son, who's almost 30 now. And he left his wife. And uh, some kind of way, she talked him into coming to stand with her. And it all introduced, she's always been all about money. But my oldest son, he's so disrespectful. I didn't, I, I think this year's the most I've talked to him in the last four or five years. When he was doing active duty, he never talked to me, but he would always talk to his mother, and she knew that he hadn't talked to me. She wanted to know, have you talked to him? He hadn't, you know, she just wanted to kind of like rub it in my face, you know, thumb, thumb and nose up at me. And, uh, but it hurts when, you know, I, I prayed to God even in my teen years and told him, if I ever have any kids, he blessed me because at that time I thought maybe I would adopt kids. I was going to raise him, raise them to know him and to follow, follow his ways and, you know, and uh, tell them about him that was going was to have his teachings and his way of life, God's way God wants us to live. And that's what I did. Well, let, let's talk about what you, you can do now, because uh, know that you do not want to be in bondage to your the second wife where there is a divorce, but uh, you're saying it's like you, or correct me if I'm wrong, are you saying that you feel as though there could be some type of rituals that she is or has uh, has a committed meaning performed rituals that could have an impact on you now? But they have more impact on my son, my oldest son. Okay. And they, 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 I don't really believe that God, he has died. It has not been situations where... Well, I'll tell you, I did go through a storm there. At one point, I just lost all hope. And I prayed for God to take me away from here. I, I prayed that prayer to him about three or four times. But he never did. He never left me. And I was all alone. You know, I've been alone. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the main thing was I ended up losing my child. And it's because my body broke down on me. And uh, these are things that she told me that, she was going to make it happen to me. and uh, But at the same time, God has provided for me. I'm better now. I've been out of the wheelchair now about about three years almost this year. And because I got screws in my upper neck and my vertebrae, mm-hmm. uh, being paralyzed. But I, I'm up 
walking around, and uh, I do a lot of therapy, and then go to the gym. Okay, Luke, I want to ask. I'm going to do first things first. I want to know: Has there been a time where you know you have humbled your heart before God, Almighty God? and receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, Jesus who is God, God in the flesh, who is here on earth, and you received him as your personal Lord and Savior, giving him control of your life. Have you done that? I've done that, and uh, the deal is I think, it, well, I don't think uh, some sort of backsliding there. Because I never should have married those individuals. No, I I know that, but but we're talking about now. Yeah, I want to know now. Have you? Do you believe that you yielded your life to the Lord Jesus Christ? Yes, I had to go back to that. Okay. Because I've been that way from I'll say from from about seventeen all the way up to about twenty six years old. Uh, that's I did that now. I, I just read night and day. I prayed night and day. There have been some miracles that have happened in my life, real, real, real serious things, and I know for a fact it was God. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Hey, Luke, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, we're going to deal with two parts. Number one is this child from your first marriage that she says she hates you and all. Now, her mom is dead. And I'm going to tell you about a woman I know whose mother uh, literally was involved in a satanic cult. She didn't know this at the time. This is somebody I know, this woman, who, um, in fact, she would sit in with me here on Hope in the Night. And she began to realize everything her mother told her was a lie about her father. And she found words that he had written uh, a number of things and it was the opposite of everything that he and the, this her mom had died but uh, the dad was alive I'm going to suggest that you write the truth out and and you're going to let her know this is absolutely true what you're going to write and, ju- and uh, that and, and that you never did anything to violate her. You, you know, anyway, I, I think there's specifics that you can write and put what your desire would be for the future. Are you struggling with a difficult life issue? Maybe it's a family problem, a private struggle, or something in your past you've never resolved. The good news is you're not alone. Sometimes we need to talk things through with someone who will listen to our story and help make sense of what we're experiencing. For more than 20 years on Hope in the Night, June Hunt has listened to thousands of personal stories, heartaches and challenges from people like you, and provided compassionate counsel from God's Word. No matter what the issue is, family, marriage, anxiety, abuse, grief, or just the daily stresses of work and life, June would love to talk with you and share help and hope through God's Word. If you'd like to talk with June on Hope in the Night, give us a call at 1-800-917. We'll protect your privacy and sharing your story might bless someone else's life. Give us a call today at 1-800-917. That's 1-800-644-4817. 
The sound you're hearing is your generosity at work. That's our folding machine preparing hundreds of our short biblical resources to send to prisoners around the country. Hi, I'm Curtis Hale, president of Hope for the Heart. I want to say thank you for your prayers and financial support of our ministry. Thanks to your generosity, we've been able to send thousands of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to prisoners in Texas and to Rikers Island in New York City. These practical resources are pointing inmates to the hope of God's Word on issues like anger, abuse, depression, loneliness, salvation, and more. They are truly changing lives, and this is all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more life-changing biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online today at hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. Welcome back. I'm Jeff Oliver. You are listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. We're a ministry of Hope for the Heart, and we want to thank you for your prayers and support of this ministry. To talk to us, to talk with June on the program, you can get in touch with us at 800-917. That's 800-N-I-G-H-T-1-7. Just call, leave a message for us so we can have you talk with June about something that's happening in your your life on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night. We welcome your call at 800-917. If you have questions about what salvation means, call our customer support team and help them to understand what resources you might need that would help you the most. Their number is 800 488 Hope. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They can point you to the free downloads of our quick reference guides through the website hopefortheheart.org. And also, we have resources called Satan, Demons, and Satanism Seeing the Sinister Reality. Also, the occult dispelling the darkness. Those many other resources are available as you talk to customer support at 800 488 HOPE. That's 800 488 4673. Let's return to our caller, Luke. Well, Luke, what I'm wanting to make sure you're hearing, I know firsthand, I watched the transition of this uh, woman, well, the, the, the woman who came, she came to Hope for the Heart, and she would sit in on Hope in the Night, and I knew what her perspective was of the positives of her mother, and then she finds out that her dad, she got read writings from her dad, who was alive. The mom died. And when she read the words from her father, she recognized, I, I was, I've been wrong about my dad all this time. I believed what my mom said. And I can tell you that there was a positive relationship. They did not live in the same state. He lived in Florida. She lived in um, in Dallas, Texas. and But it was a precious thing to see. Now, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm just letting you know that once this daughter as an adult 
was literally hearing the truth. It resonated with her. Now, the truth is, she had become a Christian, but, uh, and that's not the case that I'm hearing with your daughter, but who knows, there, that at least I, she deserves to hear the truth. Do you not, do you not agree with that? I, I disagree that she wants to hear the truth. You know, I didn't tell you that uh, she grad, she's a graduate of Columbia University as a doctor. She's a doctor uh-huh. in psychology. Psychology. Yeah. And I just don't get stuff like that. How can you? But I don't think she's working now because her my father-in-law, which is her grandfather, he was the one that raised her. But he's passed away now, and he made, I don't know, I had about four or five long DVDs where he had filmed her the entire time growing up because he knew what his daughter was doing to my, my, my daughter, his granddaughter. But anyway, I kind of given up on her, but my oldest boy, yeah, okay, but let's finish with this daughter. You don't know if you speaking the truth, writing it out, write it out, have somebody read it who could evaluate, does, does some of it need to change for any reason just to make sure it makes sense. But she deserves the truth, even if she doesn't accept it. I understand that she's, you know, educated and all that. But 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 uh, that that way, you tell her that you you care about her. You prayed for her, and you know you you just don't know the impact that this could have. And just say you were told by her mother uh, that um, she was going to say that you had molested her. But just say this absolutely is untrue. It never happened. I, I just say I have no heart for that for you. I only want what is best for you. I just think if you do that, you're doing something concrete, and then you leave the results to the Lord. And but it, it can minister to her heart over time. May not be anything. Quickly, uh, but at least Jesus said the truth sets you free. I think for you to do this in regard to her, you're dealing with the truth. You're telling what really happened. And, you know, you can ask forgiveness for not knowing what to do, not knowing how to meet the needs, but um, just say, I only... I always wanted children, as just just what you told me. But do you understand that this is one concrete thing that you can do, and get you can spend whatever time getting the story, you know, with the best you can that that comes from your heart, and then pray for her that when she does receive it, that uh, her heart would be open to the truth. And, you know, you can say anything where you did make mistakes or you anything where you chose wrong, but the point is you never gave up on her. 
you were not permitted to have a relationship with her. That's what I've heard. Is that not true? That's true, and I think, I really believe deep down inside, that's what most of her problem is. Uh, during this time frame, I didn't know that her mother had kicked her in her ribs and cracked her ribs. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the school system out there in uh, Los Angeles was looking for me, but they never could find me, probably because I was out to sleep. But her mother was abuses over my grandfather would take her and he was a bad alcoholic uh, and her mother would come over and beat her grandfather her father up and I've seen her do this before we yeah. went to visit him wow. so, so, so things going on there uh, my daughter she has a relationship with my youngest sister and why my youngest sister won't straighten her and tell her the real truth about certain things not just about me but my sister says that she she talks to her and tells her that she has the, these things, visions or these spirits come on her, and she can talk to dead people. Now, that's the kind of stuff that goes on out there in her realm that she was raised in. I understand, yeah. And, and the Bible is actually against this. That is an occultic practice. And... Right. Uh, I don't know what I'm get. I don't understand how come somebody would they know Christ. They won't straighten a person like that out because they think it's going to mess up their relationship. That's the thing with my youngest sister, and I, I just don't get that. Well, the, and it's like, mm-hmm. the, the the key is this is the this is your part of the story. This is what you can do. You can tell the truth, and it's going to be totally different from what she has believed. But she's going by what she was told, and you were not permitted to have a relationship with her, and there was a lot of evil that went on with both relationships, both of your former wives. So, uh, and, and I understand that your heartburden now is for your oldest son, but, I, let, but let, let's do one thing at a time. Do you believe that God wants you to tell the truth, to reveal the truth, to write out the truth for your oldest daughter? Yes. I mean, he doesn't don't want me to sit there and don't do anything and just let her go ahead and believe because, you know, he says if she, he won't hear the prayers if they regard iniquity in their heart. And uh, I just know between my oldest boy and me and my daughter from the first marriage, they are really, really kind of out there in another realm. Okay. And I knew this was that, you know. Well, let's, let's, let's do this. We're going to pray right now that you're going to be led by the Lord to put down what He wants you to say and that when she receives it, that it will minister to her heart, meaning it will the the ring of truth will be there, and that even if she doesn't immediately know what to do, um, that she will increasingly believe the truth, and it'll minister to her heart. Heavenly Father, I thank you that here is a man we're calling Luke who has a heart that wants things right. He, he knows 
that he was involved with two women who were off base. They were not yielded to you at all. And uh, you can't change the past. He can't change the past. But right now, he can deal with the truth. And as a gift, he will write out what you lead him to say about how they met and what the essence of what you want her, his daughter, to, to read and to literally put into her heart that she is, uh, she is prayed for by him, that, she, that he cares, that she know the truth, and we pray if there is to be any kind of reconciliation, you would pave the way for that. Give him your words. Give him your heart. And may this be uh, a time of her dealing, hearing the truth for the first time of what truly was the nature of the relationship that he did not ever have any malice toward her. He was never hard on her. He never violated her. But he only wanted the best relationship with her as his child. So, Lord, we pray you would pave that way. And then as we, another time, talk about what to do regarding the, the other wife, who is also deceased. Uh, Lord, may, may, may there be your guidance to know what to do in regard to his older son uh, and the, the challenges right now of potential spells that have been put on her for witchcraft. We pray this all in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray with Luke that you would literally inspire him, uh, clear his mind, his thinking. May he be totally yielded to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, my friend, what we're going to do is make sure that you receive our material on the occult so you will know things that and specifics of what you can do even to protect yourself and how you can pray for your son. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We will send the Keys for a Living called the Occult, Dispelling the Darkness. We'll send that out to tonight's caller. We do that free of charge. That's because of your generous support of this ministry. And if you'd like to give to keep those resources going out and to keep this program on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash donate. And we thank you. You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And our materials and recent programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also find our programs wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope. The preceding program was pre-recorded.